Hey, welcome into the Action of Dallas show, folks. It's Thursday night. We are two weeks out from the NFL season. I genuinely have to say that is a little bit scary, but it's all good. We're positive. Colin Cronin, Brian O'Leary. Lads, like, hold on while I get Brian up here. Here we go. Brian, how are you? Uh, lads, two weeks out from the NFL season. Sweet Jesus. I mean, where did the time go? Like, Where did it go? And is that a cowboy shirt, Colin? What's going on? Uh, yes, in indeed. Uh, new, new, new season, new, new backdrop. It's not just any cowboy shirt, though, Michael. It's uh, Demarcus Ware. He uh, he was with the Cowboys, but he won a ring with the Broncos. You know, absolute legend of the game, deserved to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But we can come to the Hall of Fame probably later in the show. I also felt fitting. Um, you know, given the the week that poor old Fred has had, I thought give him a bit of a, a pick me up and put a Cowboys jersey in the back. Brian, a bit like a Ryanair or EasyJet flight, a warm welcome to our YouTube customers and <laughs> podcast listeners. Well, I'm surprised to see that jersey, you know, being aired in Colum's house, but I do understand his affiliation for, for the Marcus Ware. The way things are going with the Cowboys, and it's good news for every, every fan in that division, the way things are going, they might have to pull out the Marcus Ware because they're running out of fairness and a lot of injuries. And uh, yeah, two weeks to the new season. Saw something on social tonight on our page. Someone said, God, time goes very quickly. I can't believe we're, we're just about to kick off a new season. I don't know where he's been living because I found the last couple of months torture, agony, waiting to get to where we're at. And look, we're not, we're not far away now. It's, it's an exciting time for all NFL fans because you have hope now and it'll be quickly, quickly gone in a few weeks in September. And imagine if Daniel Jones wasn't your quarterback, how would you feel? Um, I'm actually going to change up the order. First off, obviously, folks, presented by Cassidy Travel. A deal of the week, same as last week, because they're advertising it. 49ers, Rams, and San Fran. You've got six weeks to get out here for this. Week 4, 30th of September. But 1,100 euro, 1,196 return. Um, great deal. Flights, rooms, tickets, all included. Uh could be a big year for the Niners. Obviously going to be a big year for the defending champion Rams. I'm going to switch up the order because obviously now, lads, two and a half years and we've got to produce an order and we, we're going to go through certain topics. But there's something's happened in the last couple of hours and I'm not sure if it's on the list. So I apologize if it is. Uh, I know you boys have probably seen this, but the whole situation in training camp with the Rams and the Bengals and welcome to everyone in. Folks, if you want to ask your questions, uh, get a question in. You can go on to YouTube, search Irish NFL Show. If you comment on that, we can put it onto the screen. Um, Colin, I'll start with you. Aaron Donald, uh, it looks as if it's down to the club in terms of discretion and how they can manage this. Have you seen the video of him maybe having uh, maybe too much fun? Yeah, uh, double fisting helmets, it, it looked like. And um, yeah, look, uh, Tom, Tom Palacero uh, was out to say that it is down to the individual clubs in terms of how they will uh, look at it. So uh, no doubt. Um, you saw the, co- the coach's comments, I think, immediately afterwards, both McVay and Taylor downplaying it. Nothing to see here. A little bit of handbags. Um, and uh, we don't need to get into... Uh, who who started it, let's not finger point, all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, look, Aaron Donald is an absolutely phenomenal player. You could um, you could make, not just that he's the best non, non-quarterback, but you could make an argument that he's the most important player in the entire NFL. But 
yeah, he has um, he has managed to get himself into um, trouble like this on you know more than one occasion, and sw- swinging a helmet is quite the escalation. We're used to the kind of um, pushing, shoving fights at uh, at training camp. We've seen it possibly a little bit more than usual. Maybe this um, this year, I think there was a fan hurt uh, in the Panthers and the the Patriots, and uh, and now this. Look, everyone likes to to see, despite what's said, you know. Oh, no one likes to see this sort of stuff. Everyone likes to see fights and scuffles, but you don't want to see a lad pull a helmet off another guy and try to crush his skull. I think that probably is taking it a little bit too far. Brian, it seems as if Aaron Donald has. Uh... Maybe got too excited. You, you were talking at the start of the show about your excitement. It seems like he's already in like week seven. I was surprised that they were doing the scrimmage together this week. Um, I put it back to the Super Bowl. Like, I know they're playing each other in like most of the scrimmages when the teams are doing the scrimmage, they're playing each other either a couple of days later. And that is the case this weekend. The Bengals are going to go into Southway again for, which is, let's be fair, like it's meaningless games at this stage in week three of the preseason. But does add a little bit more needle to the game this coming weekend, and it is kind of a bit surprising. Bear in mind, they just came off a Super Bowl against each other, that there might be a little bit of tension and wrongness from the Bengals' point of view that they lost, and maybe that's creeped over in today's session. And some players were a little bit more aggressive than they expected, and it's dangerous because we're seeing time and time again. We spoke about it last week, and it's just a continuous trend over the past week to build the players that are getting season injury, season-ending injuries in camp, and it's difficult for teams now at this stage. You know, I think the sooner the camps are over, the better for all for all concerned. Just a big shout out to NFL Game Pass for presenting this show. We are giving away a Game Pass code tonight. Column is actually going to pick the winner before the end of this show. Column, the person must not be from North America. That's the only rule, okay? Big shout out to our two winners so far. We had a video last night on the AFC North preview. All of our divisional previews are exclusively on YouTube and podcast format. Uh, first off, and we'll put them on maybe Twitter after a few days. Uh, it was an interesting AFC North preview, lads. But uh, if you do want to get involved in this Game Pass giveaway, we'll keep it going to 10.30. It's a full year's Game Pass worth like £150 sterling, €170. Euro. It's a lot of dinero, lads, especially up north, you know. So it's it's big money. Uh, column. Obviously, it's you know another week closer to the season. We're all down in Dublin at the minute. It's it's obviously a big week here with the college game this weekend. It's hard to believe that we're so close now. You know, at the end of the day, like we're sitting two weeks away from kickoff. Rams Bills two weeks tonight, and it seems as if we were sitting in SoFi for me five minutes ago. Uh, in some in some ways, yes, and in in other ways, it it has the. The long off season is is tortuous at, at times. Um, but ju- just I suppose on the the game pass thing, Michael. Even those who who obviously there's going to be one minute tonight. We're going to have more competitions rolling out in the lead up to the start of the new season. But definitely would encourage people because you can sign up for Game Pass for free at the moment. You can see all the the preseason link games. Link in the bio you as well. Can, link in the YouTube. Yeah, map. you can. You can check out um, Hard Knocks and uh, there's a whole host of, of other stuff. I mean, um, get, Game Pass is essentially how 
certainly I have um, lived the, the NFL over the, the last few years and we cannot wait to obviously have Scott Hansen back on the, the screens. Um, it's, it, it is the point where, you know, this time next week we'll know the 53-man rosters. Um, there'll obviously be some kind of surprises um, in, in some of the cuts, we might see some trades over the, the next week. The big talk today, I know Michael Lombardi was talking about it. I know that um, Sam Monson and, and Steve were talking about it on, on PFF and others was probably around Jimmy Garoppolo. And it looks like the the 49ers, despite what was said, remember, remember way back in the spring, oh, no, no, that they're totally cool with having both quarterbacks on the roster. Oh, that won't be an issue at all. Oh, they'll pay him $25 million to be a backup. It seems like um, on the Friday before the start of the uh, the new season um jimmy garoppolo will be cut jimmy garoppolo will go to um the seattle seahawks seems to be what is most likely unless unless pete carroll and let's face it in terms of the clips that you see never want to get too hyped but pete carroll clearly looked like the best quarterback the seahawks have on the roster um amazing throw for a guy who's 70 uh you know i'm reminded uh you know of that famous quote about carlton palmer uh carlton could trap a ball further than i can throw it pete could certainly throw a ball further than i could um and he's got you know um 30 plus years on on me so yeah really interested to see what happens there um but i don't think jimmy g plays week one for the seahawks but i do think he plays week Two uh, week two being week two being the game against the, against the Seahawks 49ers Seahawks week two and that's arguably the reason why they're going to delay the release as long as possible so that the Seahawks won't have enough time to get them up to speed on the offense and essentially they might have to hold them back to week three when they play the Falcons which is a much more winnable game bearing in mind the situation we believe that the Falcons are in so um, yeah I think look it's it's probably not coming as a surprise it's just the way it's played out you know it's a strategic move to hold them back as long as possible because they know. The outcome is a new a new home from within the division. A couple of comments here before I react to that. Um, Gavin Smith is saying, are we recording pregame on Saturday? We're actually live on Saturday at 10 a.m. That's 10 a.m. Ireland, UK, 5 a.m. Eastern, if you're really keen. And if you're really keen, 2 a.m. Pacific uh, from the Aviva Stadium. Some guests uh, that we're going to announce tomorrow. And some fantasy tips, I have none. But I will react to Brian and Colm's comments um, in regards to Jimmy Garoppolo. First off, um, QB1 in Seattle's Pete Carl at the minute. I mean, that, 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 that video is superb. And I'm going to say it now. We're on the 25th of August. We're two weeks out from the season, lads. You know, two years ago, Jimmy Garoppolo was six minutes and 45 seconds or something away from winning the Super Bowl. What a gamble this is. Like, this is a massive, massive gamble, in my opinion. Bringing in Trey Lance, giving him the offense. You can throw all these dimes down the field or do whatever during preseason, but when push comes to shove, and when you get to week one, the week six, or whatever, and when everybody actually cares about it, this is a massive, massive statement by Shanahan, a massive statement by Lynch, and I genuinely, lads, feel as if the 49ers are making a mistake in not keeping Jimmy Garoppolo. And if they let him go or cut him or whatever, or if he walks in terms of the whole contract situation, um, I think they're making a mistake. And if Seattle get him, I think that transforms their season. Because if you go from Geno Smith against Drew Locke 
to Jimmy Garoppolo. And if you've got DK Metcalf there, it blows the West open. Um, I just don't... I understand the 49ers have traded a couple of years ago for Trey... Sorry, not, not, not traded. They've drafted a couple of years ago for Trey Lance and they've put a lot of capital into him and a lot of time into him. And I know there's stories about Jimmy Garoppolo and his effort after that whole extent, like you know, like the whole contract situation. It just doesn't add up for me. And you know, I've a couple of minutes that I work with at the minute that are very in on the Niners. I just don't get it. That's I don't get the hype around Trey Lance. I want to be wrong, but this is the beauty of it being two weeks out. You know, we'll see in a few weeks. And I hope to God that Jimmy Garoppolo is not playing for Seattle outside of Week Three, personally. I think the difficulty here is that there's so much expected in this 49ers team this year. They went to the championship game last year. They were a couple of minutes from actually getting into the sit ball. If their, I think it was their safety doesn't drop, drop the interception, they are going to sit ball. So there's so much expected. And I think a lot of 49ers fans, you, you've said a sentiment that I've heard from a lot of 49ers fans, Michael. They're not convinced that Lance, I'm not saying he's not convinced that he's not the answer in the long run, but bear in mind where this team is on this kind of road to getting to where they, they want to be. They were in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, as you said, championship game last year. Potential to be really up, and up there again this year. Is he going to be the guy that can get them over the hump? And I have my doubts as well, to be honest. I've said it time and time again. I know Colin is quite high on him. He was last year when, when the draft, so he's obviously going to stick to his guns on this. But I think it's a brave move. I, like, but Shanahan, like, as much as we spoke about this all summer long and all winter long, whatever you want to call it, Shanahan, um, John Lynch at the at the combine in February, three weeks removed from the Super Bowl, said, "It's Trey Lance's team now. Jimmy understands the predicament we're in. We have to move on with this new new quarterback." So when there was a bit of hull of blue when he, he announced it officially again in August, did anybody really take any notes of it in terms of it being a shock? No, this was always going to play out the way. I don't know if it's the right move, but it's inevitable that this was going to play out. So, and. Um, yeah, I do agree. I think it, it makes things a little bit more interesting. It's funny, um, we talked about Tom Paracel there from the NFL Network. He suggested last week on the Rich Eisen show that even with the current quarterbacks in which they have, the Seahawks will be in the playoffs this year. He, he's that confident on them. And I'm not joking. You can, you, you can go listen to it. He thinks that this team is very underrated. And he feel, and this is prior to... Uh, so maybe at that stage he knew what was coming, but um, he's very confident this team could go to playoffs. And Michael, you're suggesting this blows the division open, so you obviously give them a bit of a squeak as well. I think, you know, if they bring Jimmy Garoppolo in and if they implement the system around him where he can use the wide receiver and tight end court to implement that strategy, then of course. But Geno Smith and Drew Locke are not winning the division where you've got two games against Matthew Stafford and that Avengers endgame offense and the Rams even. I mean, I still think Odell's going to come back in there in a few weeks. The Cardinals, where Kyler Murray's got a point to prove, and the Niners, where apparently Trey Lance, like, you know, like I've been the mass most weeks since I was a child, right? And we hear about the Messiah. And you'd think that Trey Lance was up there with, with Big JC. Do you know what I mean? Like, like every week, like, I just don't, I just can't see how the Seahawks get there. It's just strange. But I, I, I will take what you said on Palacero about the Niners, sorry, about the Seahawks, and I will. Push Baltimore to you. We had a show last night where we talked about the AFC North. I am starting to think that Baltimore could be 
really in the AFC Championship game. I I I I rate them that highly. I think this could be the year. Genuinely, don't be giving too much away, Michael, for your uh, for your season preview show. I don't want to give too much away, but I do think they're going to be up there, and I, I feel like a lot of people and I, like Palace there were talking about underrating the Seahawks is one thing. <laughs> like that's that's a whole different situation. But obviously, Baltimore have got the assets and and talent there, but I think they are being underrated. I think that's a lot to do with last year's performance, whether it's injury or not. I thought, um, sorry, kind of thought you were going to come there. Justin Fields is the Messiah, no? Like I thought, as a man who tends to attend but Chicago, I mean, there's nothing around him. Like, literally, Justin Fields this year could literally win two games. That's the situation we're in now. And I'm sorry to all the Bears fans in Ireland, including the people that are in Ireland at the minute from Chicago, because Colin, I know you work in Dublin, you've seen the amount of people here from Chicago this week. A lot of people are in the Bears, and nothing's happening this year with Chicago. Like Chicago, we're going or Chicago, we're going to go under four point five this year. Yeah, is that is that is that? Yeah, rough? but I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't think anyone is expecting anything. I think the what what you'd hear from people is that they put Justin Fields in an awful position. They they went and they got a QB, and they've done nothing to help him. I mean, Mara talks about how the Giants didn't help. Uh, Daniel Jones, uh, the the Bears have probably put Justin Fields in an even worse position. Um, I I am high on um, Trey Lance, and part of that is because I think Kyle Shanahan is an offensive genius. I am really interested to see how he does it without Mike McDaniel. But for um, the the Bears and for Justin Fields, it it just it almost feels un, unfair. I mean, look, they came in and it. In some ways, it is similar to the Giants, right? The the new regime kind of had nothing to work with, right? They had very little cap space. They, um, they didn't have the picks. And nothing seems to be working out. When you're shopping your, um, your second round pick last year and seeing what you can get from, that is, that is kind of telling. So I, I don't think anyone has expectations uh, for... Um, for the uh, the Bears, I think when it comes to the Niners, I think there's a huge division. I think there are people like me who believe in, say, Trey Lance, believe in what Kyle Shannon can do. I think there are plenty of others, um, and I think there was, um, you know, there there've been plenty of talk around the league about how people don't think Trey Lance will be able to take the step up. We've seen um, some stories. I think Mike Silver had a story um, over the the summer regarding the consistency, but. You know, the, he's a kid who's barely played. I think the consistency will be so. A lot of it is going to be in terms of how uh, Shanahan can scheme to make up for that. Yeah, uh, big shout to Fred for all his comments about uh, backdrops. I'm in Dublin, Fred, for this game on Saturday. Hopefully, lads, we're going to meet Fred for the first time on Saturday. That's the hope. And for all the people listening on the podcast. Wondering who Fred is, uh, we'll we'll get into that in a different episode. Uh, if you are joining us for the first time tonight, folks, uh, we're two weeks out from the season. YouTube bio, click on the link, NFL Game Pass free trial, and um, you can get a free trial from now to week one. And we're going to be giving away Game Pass for the next two weeks on every divisional preview. And uh, Mark joined us last night for the AFC North preview as well, which is good. Um. I'll go with Brian first, Colin, because you you were the last person to say something here. Right, Brian, have you ever like before we get into this conversation? Have you ever been to Newry before? That's it, have Michael. You've never been to Newry? No. Never. No. Have you passed it going up north? Oh, no? I have. Yeah, I think I have. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. So I was sitting in. Uh, people will know this. 
or up north, believe me. I was sitting in Five Ways this morning, and Five Ways is the big shop up in Newry. Put my phone on, and I seen the injury situation with the Cowboys. And genuinely, lads, I could not believe it. Tyron Smith is probably, like, and I, I know they're saying he could be back in before Christmas or back in at the start of December for the Cowboys. This is a massive, massive loss, Brian, for a team that need things to go their way. You know, there's, you know, Colin has talked about this in certain situations about the, the, the running game. I personally think they're not stacked enough in certain positions in their defense to actually get over the line outside wow. of the East in the NFC. This is a big loss for the Cowboys, yeah? Yeah, their offensive line has been a bit erratic throughout the course of this soft season in terms of players moving around and even what we've seen in camp and stuff and there's been quite negative reports coming back and for him to go and argue he'd been their best player, you know, on the line, he's gone. The left tackle is an immediate need straight away. I think they'll probably move Terrence Steele from right tackle over to left tackle and hope he can adjust to that position but then that leaves a gap at a right tackle. So Connor Williams went to the Dolphins in free agency and he had a really bad last game for him against the 49ers and Dale Collins has gone to the Bengals as well so they have lost players they've tried to readjust and we've gradually seen over the past year or two Cowboys fans with challenges that for an offensive line that was so secure for a number of years it's kind of come back a little bit and it wasn't as successful as it's been so now they're really in a bit of a position but they've got injuries in other positions and they've got players coming back from serious injuries at Gallup's coming back so we don't know what's going to come of him and Colin's called out time and time again when we've discussed teams that are going one way and the other way this, this offseason that he feels that the Cowboys are declining and I suppose he's put the Eagles as a favourite for the division. And Right now, you, you, you find it very hard to argue with that and this doesn't help the situation. If Colin touched on earlier about potential trades and potential players who are released by teams then moving very quickly to other teams I think we might find next week that the Cowboys are quickly picking up players on the O-line. But then you're going into week one against a Bucks defence on Sunday night football with potentially a patched up offensive line that hasn't had much time to gel and okay we've seen teams come together quickly but still a risk and a gamble so be interesting to see what comes with this Cowboys team and Colin you're going into week one with a Bucks team whose quarterback has not played in two weeks I mean there are and there are certain certain situations there are Saints fans if you look at the new if you look at the Saints schedule They've got the Bucks week two, but outside of that, they've got like, in my opinion, winnable games. The Bucks reckon, sorry, the Saints reckon they can go five and zero, like literally four or five and zero. That Bucks team for the Cowboys, I understand they've got injuries and they've got situations around that line, but if Brady's gonna go on the mass singer for a couple of weeks and have a situation, I mean, this is a time for them to actually excel, isn't? It? Because it seems to me, I actually look at this Cowboys Bucks game in two weeks and think. If the Cowboys were going to get a result, it's week one against the Bucks. It's not going to be week 10 or week five. It's the statement win week one. Um, yeah, I, I, I can I can see your logic. I just don't think it will happen. And I think um, we, we've talked a little bit on the, the show before. And when um, I last spoke to Sam Monson, when we had him on a few weeks ago, he and I discussed around um, Dak. And one of the big issues with Dak is that he can he can be a very very good QB, 
but Dak is somebody who he doesn't adjust well to change, right? That's just um, the the reality. So losing um, players at this kind of late stage and losing a player who, granted, what you know has that injury history, but who is a phenomenal player when he's on the field, I, I think it will um, impact on Dak. I, I also think it is. Um, the this 2022 and you have jerry jones going on tv getting involved and saying um the cowboys are as zeke goes i mean it's 2022 jerry like the, the days of the running back dominating and, and dictating um things are, are are over um you know even when derrick henry went down for um the the titans last year you, you saw them um deal with without him so jerry seems to still think that he's back in the the 90s he he keeps trying to recreate the the magic that the cowboys had and they were absolutely magic back then right don't get me wrong they were phenomenal they were entertaining on and off the field uh, read boys will be boys definitely a good good uh, nfl book um i i just don't see it michael i i you know i don't see where i even with the, the box issues on the line look at the receiving talent they had um the cowboys had amari cooper go they didn't replace uh him um collins is gone and they didn't replace him now they've lost an, another um, player on the the line, and they are talking about leaning into Zeke. You know, um, Diggs was unbelievable last year with eleven interceptions. But realistically, how likely is he to you know catch fire like that again? I think he might have half the number of interceptions uh, this season. So I really think it's going to be a season of struggle for for the Cowboys. Ryan. Is week one in Dallas or in Tampa Bay? Dallas. Sunday night football. Cowboys win. Cowboys win. Cowboys win. And I like. I think Tampa are the better team. Cowboys win. Remember that last down of the Cowboys season? Do you remember we were sitting? I actually remember we were sitting. I was sitting at the house and we were texting each other watching that game. Not and the sheer ineptitude of that offense. Were we not laughing? Hmm? Were we not laughing at the time? Oh no! Yeah, we, we, we were all laughing, but. No, I, I think Dallas will somehow find a way to win this game week one. And I don't want to give away picks or anything. Yeah, I, think you just did. <laughs> I, I just think that, no, no, but I, I just think that the Bucs have had so many question marks over the last six or seven months. They lose their head coach, pretty walks away for two weeks. I mean, if this, again, if this was any other team, this would be a significant issue. And I said that about the Patriots and their coaching situation with numerous positions I'll say it with the Bucks with Brady walking away I don't I don't care if Brady was on the mass singer or and you know look if something was going on I hope he's okay etc etc he wasn't there for two weeks yeah Kirk Cousins two weeks extra with his Vikings offense you know so that's the way I look at it I, I think Jerry World Sunday Night Football week one the adrenaline just gets them over the line. And it would be interesting because if the Bucks Brian did go 0-1-1 after a Cowboys defeat, it, they've got a very difficult start. I just start feel like America would start asking questions. And the Bucks have a difficult start. I can't recall they really have in week two. I think it's the Saints actually think, in week two and then they play the Packers in week three. So they don't have the ease of starts. And I agree with you. Like, week one is always one of those games. When do you want to play them at the right time? And in week one, you, you suggest about Brady and the fact that he's been away for 10 days, but as Colin was reminding me time and time again, Brady went to the Bucks during COVID when there was no off-season and there was no um, 
training camp and he didn't know the players and then the players knew him and he still found a way to win a Super Bowl. So him taking 10 days off to me means absolutely nothing. He'll be ready come week one. Fred mentioned United there. Do we have to touch on that? I I would genuinely love a very, very quick conversation because me and Colin talked about this the other day, Brian. And I'll start, you know what, Brian, I'll start with you. I'll, I'll go with you then, Colin. And I'm sure you've seen this because I know you're a big USC fan. Dana White had the conversation about the Raiders and apparently that Gruden was in for Brady and Gronkowski and it was all going to happen until Gruden, pull, until Gruden pulled the plug. I And I said to Colin over there about this, I've never seen Gronkowski as uncomfortable ever. He just looked like he did not want to be there. It looked like it was genuinely the truth. And how things could have changed, if that is the truth, and if the Raiders could have had Tom Brady instead of the Bucks, we we could have been looking at a whole different league now because the AFC West could have been blown up from the start. And it's just intriguing. Yeah, fair enough. But there's other teams that were in play as well. Um, it does make sense in a way because if you recall, Brady did that program, that, I think maybe one of the last year, where he spoke about you're going to go with that quarterback instead of signing me. Um, we all thought it was the Dolphins. And um, as time has gone on and this piece has come out this week, it would make sense that the, that he's suggesting that Gruden basically gave him the call and said, no, we're going to stick with Derek Carr over you. But then again, I know the Saints were very keen to get him as well. And they kind of put Breeze in the position. Breeze was him in Hall about retirement. And he found out that they were going to bring in Brady to replace him. And Saints played the Bucks in the playoffs that year in the divisional round. If Brady been, had been on the other side and Breeze was gone, you know, what would happen then with the Saints got him in the Super Bowl? So... I think there's a lot of ifs to, and look for Brady. I think what I would say is a lot of people felt he was going to go back to the West Coast because he, he grew up on that side of the country. But he always there was always that piece, which he clearly said in his in his program, if you get an opportunity to watch the man in the arena, he said he always had the intention to stay on the East Coast because he wanted to be as close as possible to his son from a different relationship, obviously, uh, who was a little bit older, and he was, so he was very keen, and it made more sense to go to the books. So... Maybe he decided. Maybe he could pull the pull the plug on the deal. Who knows? But uh, certainly, certainly provided a bit of detail this weekend, a bit of insight. Colin, I know you've chatted about this to me uh, on on a different podcast, but I actually watched the video back after we spoke the other day, and the way in which Dina White talks is a guy that was pretty confident, and and I think it does speak volumes because it for me it's like. We've had a lot of this talk in the offseason. I know Brian's touching us a wee bit about the Dolphins and Brady. If Brady was up for doing that with the with the Raiders and suddenly he goes to the Bucks, maybe he was looking out this year and maybe he wanted to go to Miami and maybe there was a leave of two weeks and maybe he was trying to do something. You know, it, it just seems like an offseason like no other for Tom Brady, a guy that's been in the league for 20-odd years. And there's always been something, whether it's like, an off-season situation or something in-season. I mean, like, look, he's the best quarterback ever, right? But if there is something going on with him, we're going to find out very quickly. Like, genuinely, I really, really feel that. Because if he had second thoughts that were coming back, I just think in week one, you'll see it on the field. And you talked previously about maybe the certain... Not downgrade, but he started to look a touch, and even if it was not point not one percent, he started to maybe go down a bit, slow down a bit in his age, and it would be intriguing to see him 
do that this season. And this probably is his last season. Yeah, I, I do think it probably is his last season. Look, I think it'll be un- until maybe Brady himself comes out and clarifies if he ever does, there'll always be that debate and discussion about where exactly he wanted to go. There's always the talk around San Francisco and that, you know, he wanted his parents to be able to drive to the stadium for the to, to be able to see him um kind of for the the first time in what would that have been probably 30 years at uh at that stage. Um then you know the the stuff around the Dolphins. Um in in terms of the the Raiders, I, I, I can see I can see it having made a lot of sense, right? This one-storied franchise who were truly incredible. Um, we all know John Madden. We all know about Just Wayne and Al Davis and, and everything that they did. I think the opportunity to kind of restore them to their former glory, that would be appealing to, to anyone. Um, I would t- say Tom Brady is certainly undoubtedly the most successful. Um, you know, that is, there, there's nobody who comes close to him on that. Um, the best, yeah, you could definitely have um, a, a very interesting um, debate around who the, the best QB is and I suppose the way in which um, people have changed the game and whatnot. But Brady is gifted. He's absolutely elite. He remains elite. I do think that we saw a slight decline, which means that he went from being a deity to being slightly more human still means Tom Brady is one of the best QBs in the entirety of the the league we have seen no real drop off I I don't imagine we will see anything like a Gary Neville-esque moment where he realizes that uh, you know, 30 minutes into the game that this is, no, this is not for me anymore. I, I need to retire at halftime. That's never going to happen with Tom Brady. But I do think it is the last year. I think um, the Saints, yeah, I can see why they feel it. They've had his number in the regular season. But the Saints are now in, they've lost Drew Brees, right? And now then they lost Sean Payne. It's a huge transition to me. And Dennis Allen has a lot to prove. We talk about Josh McDaniels having a lot to prove. And I think some of that is because he left the Colts waiting at the altar. But Dennis Allen has a lot to prove as the head coach as well. So we have to see how that plays out uh, for for the Saints. But I guarantee you uh, when January rolls around, Tom Brady and the Bucks will be there or thereabouts. Let's see what happens. Uh, Brian, obviously very, very quickly, the Saints... Okay, Dennis Allen coming in, massive, massive questions on the offensive line for me, and I said this last week as well. And also looking at our next topic, uh, a guy, 31 years of age, Jesse Treader, head of the NFLPA, if I'm correct as well, uh, announced his retirement today, played for the Browns and the Packers over an eight-year career. Uh, And he was linked with a number of different teams, but I have got an exclusive for you boys tonight. Do you want to hear it? Okay, right. Uh, Jeff Reinbold spoke with Cole Beasley yesterday on a podcast that's going to drop tomorrow. And Cole Beasley said that he has got offers from multiple teams. But, quote, he does not want to go up north again. And that's going to drop tomorrow afternoon. There's multiple things he has said in it, and that's all I can really say. But um, there's a wee exclusive, which nobody probably cares about but there it is brian um he vaccinated you i, I didn't ask him <laughs> it, it, it was a good interview to be fair um i have an idea of where he's gonna go and it actually is our next topic in a wee minute if you want to maybe talk about it there but um jesse treader obviously retiring and um, 
it's it's strange because there wasn't enough offers, Brian, to come in for him. Well, it was one of those situations where I thought he was holding on because he knew at some stage with all the injuries. We spoke about players who sit tight and then they come to the season starts and injury takes place and they get a, they get a move more to a team that's more suitable to their aspirations in terms of what can be on a team going towards the Super Bowl. And I thought that's what, how it would play out with Jimmy G. I thought it, it may not be Seattle. I thought he might just hold, hold fire for, for, for a couple of weeks when he does get released for the 49ers and see who potentially picks up an injury. It's a gamble. I thought JC Treader was going the same route because he, you know, he's a solid player over the years, nine years in the league. Green Bay and then with the Browns and every time there was an injury, which has been a lot of in training camp and offensive line, immediately the question that you see on social is JC Treader, JC Treader, our team's going to reach out and get him because he could be an upgrade on the team. Hasn't come to pass. He said he wants to focus on his work within the NFLPA, which is admirable as well because he's done so well for, for the players in terms of being there at the forefront when the deals are being taken place. So, um, great player great servant and you know, it's unfortunate because at 31 you'd feel there's teams out there that would be looking to snap him up in the next week or two when they do pick up more injuries and have to 31's the no way is like I'm 31 I imagine you're I mean, in 31 Michael I mean I'm talking about <laughs> I'm talking about retiring at 50 Michael I'm nearly there so. I might do you know what I might, I might pack it in I might just you know sayonara good luck 31 years of age calling to retire is uh I'm jealous. Well, he's retiring from football. He's not retiring from the working environment. So it's two different things, isn't it? Ah, oh, but he's 31 to retire from your main profession is is nice. Like 31 years oh, of age, like. Jeez, well, that's... he, yeah, and and still playing really, really well. I mean, there was a really interesting piece. If people haven't read it, Alex um, Pruitt. I, I'm probably butchering his his name, but in SI wrote a really, really interesting one of the most interesting um, pieces I've read this off season, um, where he did an interview and a kind of a profile piece uh, of him. And basically, he has said um, that his his role um, meant that teams weren't willing to take chance that. Essentially, they'll all blame it on the knees, but um, his knees weren't an issue. His his knee was an issue the first kind of seven uh, weeks last year. Didn't have a problem with it from week eight onwards. And um, then Seth Walder, who we have had on the show, um, because a direct quote uh, from Treader was that Minnesota never returned the call, and he compared it to uh, Garrett Bradbury, who was 31st in pass block win rate. Uh, Treader was third, and in run block, Bradbury was 19th, Treader was second. Um, so I guess, um, you know, it'll be one of those, the, the great unanswered. Um, but it was a really interesting piece in terms of what he wants the players to do. There's a long time now between now and the next CBA, eight years essentially um, before it'll be in agreement. Um, but he is very keen on the players having more voice, the players sticking together and um, kind of flexing their their muscles a little bit more to, to get more for, for them. He goes into it, I suppose, the different types. That's why I found the piece really, really interesting because it's not as it folks a little bit on him but he talks about the kind of the different strands within the league um in terms of the guys who you know are on a vet minimum uh or a rookie minimum and the guys who are getting the guaranteed contracts he also talks about guaranteed contracts and and the way in which he hopes that they become a staple in the nfl so really interesting to see how that um plays out um but yeah if the offers just aren't there um but it, it is fascinating because there are so many teams kind of crying out 
for an O-line guy of his capability and his leadership, and instead he's going to retire. But great for him. He'll be 40. He'll still have uh, the use of his knees and his hips. Very jealous of that. Um, obviously, like, it's it's intriguing. It popped up on my phone and I was 31 years old. I actually thought he was a bit older than that, to be honest with you. Uh, the next term of notes that we have on our show tonight in terms of producing is and obviously thank you to brian for the excellent notes tonight i do have one issue brian week three of pre-season is there anything to maybe talk about here i mean i tweeted out on a different account today but desmond ritter and how good he looked and i got i got done for it you know people just don't care is there anything that stands out for you this week in terms of week three because back in the day two or three years ago we had week four and now it seems like week three maybe has turned into that week four where it's like there really is ways, isn't there? Like, let's be fair like the Brady thing he's going to play against the Colts on Saturday um, a couple of drives be interested to see how rusty he potentially is and then we've and then just the news that brought us even around the Jimmy G has killed the uh, Geno stroke Drew Lock saga which it continues because it was a conversation about both him playing half each and then and, and Pete Carl as well. Let's uh, not forget about uh, Pete Carl, QB one potential. Yeah, Pete Carl coming. Yeah, okay, the, the video that keeps going around. Yeah, I think I watched it once more going a part of it to be honest. And um, I think most teams this weekend will be just praying that for the players that do, because there will be teams that will like the Jets have already confirmed they're putting the starters in on Sunday evening at six o'clock against the Giants. The Giants are going the opposite way, they're completely taking everybody out. So you're gonna get players on the bubble. Like Adam says, they were trying to make a point and trying to make the final cut. They will be giving the, the, the 100% commitments with tackles and everything. And if you get any players who were first teamers, could have been a bit reluctant, they could end up getting injuries. So we've seen over the past week some players who are fortunate to get away with potentially season engineering injuries, including my good friend Kevin Thibodeau, which when people woke up last Monday morning were fearing the worst that he could be gone already. And thankfully, it's only a three week injury. So, but, um, I guarantee someone this weekend will be giving it about their team playing a certain player for a period of time and he ends up getting injured. So let's just do away with it now and get on with the real action. It's time. It's time. There's too much talk. It's time to get going. Two weeks tonight. Can't wait. And, Brian, and Colin, Brian was talking there about the Giants and Kevin Pivotal. Rumour has it to believe that Giants fans are saying that Daniel Jones is balling out. Yeah. Quote, balling out. Against the Jets at the minute, Brian, are having a joint practice, yeah? Joint practice today. It's gone full circle, Michael. Last week, well, not say last week, the week prior to that, it was Jones is a bust, which a lot of people feel anyway, um, in camp and campus camp. So let's not get too carried away with it when, it when it's good and when it's bad. So a lot of people were getting a bit disrupted, including myself, to be honest, at times, you know, what was being read about him in terms of how poor he'd look. But over the past, 10 days, he seems to have completely turned things around. If you're if you're believing camp, and even his performance last weekend against the Bengals, first team I might add in terms of defense was, was quite impressive. And uh, maybe he will have a, a better season than I'm predicting, but I'm, I'm still going to be a little bit reserved in my thoughts regarding Daniel Jones. And Colm, as Brian said a few weeks ago on the show, he needs to have at least an MVP caliber season to stay in New York. He's not going to be in New York uh, next year. <laughs> he might be there. Um, I, look, let's 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 talk about let's talk about the the, the fact there might be some excitement um, because we may well have an Irishman in the NFL for the first time in thirty seven years. Thirty seven years. How old are you, Colin? Are you uh, only thirty seven? 
Yes. Uh, so I he it has been longer than I have been alive that we haven't had a player uh, there. I mean, it's um, it would be great to see. Uh, I mean, it was kind of the route that we kind of um, I suppose uh, expected was that go to camp get some stuff um, on film, people can see. Um, I'm, I'm sure Doug Peterson, as an experienced head coach, would have been talking to others around the league saying, listen, we're looking for a kicker. Do you have somebody who might not make your roster, but um, we could bring in? And um, James McCord's name obviously came up. We we spoke to him. I, I thought it was a really interesting interview in terms of the way in which he went into his philosophy on in terms of kicking, but overcoming setbacks. I think that was one of the things that maybe um, differentiated him from um, a lot of the players we we hear talking that he went so deep into it in, in terms of leadership and team building and things like that. So I think he'll be a great addition to the, the roster with the Jags. We saw him there, Demetrius Harvey, who um, was a Jags beat writer, uh, had a a video said that um he james went eight for eight in um in camp today um so uh obviously probably we'll see him kicking against the the falcons at the the weekend and really really um hoping keeping our fingers crossed that there isn't uh, an injury there and that we will see uh the uh an irishman uh take to the the field and uh that might would mean also michael that we might well see him uh in london at the end of october against your team brian i know you've got a point i want to add to it okay because i know you're gonna have a discussion here i spoke to ty leader this morning in dublin obviously ty was trying to go to the cfl didn't work out and we talked about the journey of someone trying to get into the league especially with somebody that was maybe born in ireland obviously james has been in college in illinois it's opened up for him and for people maybe listening to this podcast that have never heard about James, James is now in a situation where there is no other kicker in Jacksonville. This is it. This has to be it. He's literally got 10 days, and I don't want to jinx it. We're not going to jinx it. We're going to light a metaphor candle. Bless ourselves, whatever you want to do religious-wise. Just pray that it works out for him because... Um, it could be incredible because if we get somebody into this league, I, I really feel, especially a kicker and that importance in that position, it could be a, a situation where maybe James could be in the league for a, a certain amount of time and it, it could really mean an awful lot to a lot of people on this island. Yeah, I was just going to talk again, I kind of touched on about the, how enjoyable the interview actually was and some really things that he called out was he's 24, so he's a little bit older than your average player going into the NFL through the, through the um, draft process he wasn't you know he wasn't selected in the first seven rounds he went to the charges as an undrafted rookie that didn't seem to bother him whatsoever and he spoke but the fact that he, he held back during COVID and he stayed into the next year when he could have potentially came out and he said that was more more benefit to him and he felt it would have given the better you know I suppose the better option in the long term in terms of career and it has played out you're right Michael I mean he's the only kicker there and without sounding silly it's it's been very evident he's it's the, it's his to lose and eight oh eight today in camp is quite impressive um, Demetrius even pointed out some of these were quite long in terms of the word Gimmies but yeah this game on Saturday against the Falcons is crucial for him he's going to get opportunities and um, look we're all praying and we all hope that it works out well because he, he whilst he's gone over to the States I think he's at 12 years of age he still had a sense of Irishness about him he spoke about how his grandparents his grandmother in particular you know has had people come up to her on the street and say or the grandmother of James McCourt. So people out there are, are starting to pick up awareness around the fact that 
he's Irish, he's over there and he's an opportunity. So we're rooting for him. And then come week one, the Jags play in Washington. So of course I'd be rooting for the Jags anyway, because I'd love to see Washington compete on week one. And uh, hopefully he kicks the last second field goal and we'll all be delighted. But look, please God, this plays out. It's a great opportunity. And it's great because people who are getting into the game, who want to play the game, you saw the impetus and how encouraged you were by going up to the game in Belfast recently in terms of the popularity. It only helps grow game even more here when you've actually got people who resonate with this country who are playing in the league itself. Yeah, I, I think it's important to maybe point out first off, it's it has been great. If you're watching this show or listening to the show from the UK especially, it's been great over the last few years to see lads from the UK go through the IPP and to really accelerate their careers and do well in the league. I think for people in Ireland, sometimes they may feel a bit more um, maybe disconnected from that because it, it it is a different region, whether it's north or south or whatever. It it's it's a different situation, and for for someone like James to potentially get into this league, it's a massive deal. And you know, one thing obviously, James was born in Ireland, was born in Ireland, born in Dublin. If James was born in New York or born in Florida, and if his parents were from Ireland, I think we'd be in the same situation here. This is a massive massive moment for the sport in this country and and we wish him the very very best over the next few weeks i feel as brian said there you know obviously a very very big game at the weekend against atlanta i mean atlanta lads um hopefully it'll be okay i think if he gets through that he'll be sweet we've seen during the preseason if you do catch up on a couple of the chargers games week one week two of the preseason you can check out an nfl game pass link in the bio and youtube to get a free trial and obviously this 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 weekend as well for the jacksonville jaguars and as column said pretty cool like you know if he does sign with the jaguars and if he is an active participant in the roster we're going to see him once a year so it's pretty cool um we've got another storyline to talk about and it's about the Panthers and Baker Mayfield. Uh, he's now the starting quarterback. Matt Corral, uh, the pick in the draft for the, for the Panthers, is on a season-ending injury. Uh, we have to talk about now, gentlemen, will Baker Mayfield have a clean run or will they, will they move to Sam Darnold if things don't progress? I'll just start off because I think I'm going to sum this up very quickly. No, they won't. What? No, they're not going to go. Sam Darnold's done, lads. Sam Darnold, unless the Jets or someone goes in from again, he's not. He's finished in this league. Baker Mayfield will give him the season. The GM, the HC in Carolina, are beyond the point of on the thin line here. You know they know they are as well. Like now, for me, lads, honestly, I just I think it's Baker's year in Carolina, and quite frankly, in the division that they're in with the Saints, with Jameis, with a healthy Kamara. A sketchy enough OL with Tom, this could be my last season, Brady, with the Atlanta Falcons. This Carolina Panthers team, if Baker Mayfield can find anywhere near like his 2020 form and epitomize and use CMC, this could be the division this year to watch out. Just putting it out there on the 25th of August. Yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't always uh, agree with Michael, but fully hundred percent in agreement on the Sam Darnold is done, and if Macarell hadn't been injured, I think Sam Darnold would be QB three. To be honest, um, it just hasn't worked 
Um, but, you know, unfortunately, that can happen sometimes. We don't know. Maybe the stories will emerge. I, I don't. It doesn't seem like lack of effort. Um, it just seems like the transition, it was kind of overwhelming. Um, he'll probably be remembered, you know, for seeing ghosts. And that's probably the, the moment that probably summed up his, his NFL career. The, the concern around, I suppose, the, the Panthers and, and Baker and... Um, you know, uh, run CMC is injuries. They, that could be the thing that does open the door back up, um, especially uh, Chris McCaffrey. Chris McCaffrey is one of um, the most electric players in the entirety of the league when he's healthy. Can he stay healthy? The The issue is that, you know, you, you hate seeing guys get injured. Um, but when you have an injury um, record like he does, that's generally the sign that, you know, there may well be more injuries in, in the future. We've seen uh, Baker have a play hurt last year. Um, will that have uh, an impact at all this year or has he totally recovered from that? We, you know, we got to speak with Jim McMahon and obviously he talked about the impact that playing through an injury had on him. So um, to me, I suppose that's it. But I think, um, the they put all their their eggs in um, the Baker Mayfield basket. Uh, it he it's up to him to save Matt Rule's job essentially. There was I suppose Jerry. How much? I'm not entirely sure where he's at. Um, so Jerry, when he went out his rookie contract and and he got the deal, he actually got the they took they took the um, fifth year option on him last year, which I think was more than the rate of eighty million. So. He's not going to be stuck for cash, but um, it's interesting. I know like this is another one. Like we always felt this was inevitable that Baker Mayfield was going to be traded to the Panthers, but then the Panthers kept coming up with the narrative that Sam Darnold was progressing well and he was working well with Ben McAdoo and he was learning the offense. And McAdoo came out a couple of times and said complimentary things about him. And of course, they do the trade, and, and what's come to pass is that Mayfield is now the quarterback. So there was a couple of articles going around this week that. He's the quarterback, but they are kind of putting him on a short leash that if teams weren't going well by week five, week six, and they were losing games, that they would potentially look at, you know, giving Sam Darnold that opportunity, which I found surprising. Um, and as you said, the division itself is a bit, I wouldn't say it's in flux because I still feel the Saints have a really strong defense and can challenge the books to go for a division, and the other two will be toward and forth. But um, certainly feel the Panthers, there was a lot of games last year, Matt Rule would point to where they could have won and they didn't. The Vikings game in overtime, there was a few other games that they looked like they were going to win and they let slip. So they're probably looking at it as if we had a, won three or four games. The season could have been very different with a quarterback that wasn't really sustainable in the long run. So again, McCaffrey injuries and there's other players in that team that tend to pick up injuries. So it'd be interesting to see how they get off to it. You know, week one, what more do you want? You know, playing the Browns. Column said the Browns were going to win in June when we were at the uh, the body mount. He said, um, come on, he said, I think the Panthers are in flux and uh, there's no doubt the Browns are going to win that game. And I think me and you picked the Panthers and we did joke about it'll be interesting to see who our picks are come week one in September as opposed to what we were picking in June. But uh, things have flipped on its head, certainly, for that game. Yeah, week one, um, September the 9th, 9.30 p.m. live. We're going to make our week one picks. I think that's currently the plan. So you can check that out on Twitter and on YouTube. And podcast will be live from midnight that night. Uh, I guess for Sam Darnold, Colleen just needs to keep pounding and just keep going at it. Is there any, like, I, I know we're going to talk about the college game in a wee second. Is there anything else that anybody else wants to add to this broadcast? Genuinely, lads, from covering the NFL, 
on a full-time 70-hour-a-week basis. I have nothing else to add. As Brian said about 25 minutes ago, I'm just ready for this to start now, to be honest with you. I feel like we could maybe just take preseason column and just get rid of it and start I, I, I'm, weeks I'm, earlier, personally. The only thing I'm wondering for um, preseason week three is what exactly Ron Rivera will have Antonio Gibson doing. Will he be in the concession uh, you know, stands? Will he be selling popcorn? Or what exactly is he going to ha- have him doing? Because um, he doesn't seem to want him as a running back with the commanders. Brian Robinson, running back, rookie. Starting, starting running back for the Washington Commanders people. Mark it in. And as, uh, as Brian's talking there, if anybody does, folks, this, and we have a good few people watching this live on YouTube right now, and if you're on Twitter watching this now, uh, go on to YouTube, search Irish NFL Show. If you have any questions for the last five minutes, ask them, we'll put them on the screen, and we'll talk through them on the podcast as well. A fully fit McCaffrey, will he go one, two, three? And I mean, he's in, for me, he's the number one pick in the draft for fantasy football. Yeah? Are, are we all in agreement? No. A fully fit Christian McCaffrey in fantasy football is the number one pick in the draft. No. Okay. no. Who would you pick? Derek Henry. Ooh. Colm, who would you pick? Jonathan Taylor this year. Okay. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. Let's uh, let's talk. But, but I, I say that caveating it saying that won't be right because every year there's somebody else who comes in. So um, we just don't know who that will be as yet. And that's the beauty of the league. I've, I've, sorry, Brian, I thought you were going to add something there. No, 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 I said Saquon. Saquon Barkley. Jesus Look, Christ. If you saw his interview this week, no? F you and F Is he back? F to me. I mean, here, it, it must be good times in New York. Daniel Jones bought an out. Saquon's back. And, uh, I think people, I'm being serious. I'm surprised by, by the season, which is ahead for Saquon. And I personally think, and Colm is my witness, I think if the Giants do well, we're going to have better crack on the shoe. So that's good. Um, I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking that again. If you have any, if you have any questions, feel free to ask them, and we'll get back to them before the very, very end of the broadcast. Uh, we've got a live show on Saturday morning at ten AM from the Aviva, which uh, we'll probably, you know, we'll talk about it more on Saturday. Um, I was fortunate enough to be down there this morning, and Pat Fitzgerald, who's the head coach of Northwestern actually asked everybody in media to stay for the whole practice. Nebraska was completely closed off to media from Ireland. Um, and I, I can't speak genuinely. I, I, lads, I, I cannot speak highly enough of the way that Pat Fitzgerald handled himself this morning, both chatting to him, both on and off camera. And it turns out that he's a big fan of this show. And he watches it most weeks and he really enjoys it so uh for me i thought that was pretty cool personally and um, if anybody is listening to this if you check on twitter uh northwestern are wearing like a tricolor sort of helmet on sun on, on saturday and i just think it's pretty cool column that the fact you know obviously london and munich now are, are known for their nfl games I don't think personally we're that far off from having a game here in terms of the NFL. I, I do think it will happen in the next five to ten years, whether that's in Croke Park, the Aviva, Birdie Bowl 2, or a new stadium once the FAI runs out of the lease on the Aviva. But I, I don't think we're that far off from genuinely having a game here. I, I think it's going to happen in the next 10 or 20 years, probably the next 10 years. But it's it's it seems like 
and it feels like a big moment on Saturday. Both you lads live column in Dublin and I came down here today and and you can feel the energy. You can feel, I guess, the sort of motivation that everyone has around it and it just seems like um, a big moment for the city to show the world, especially North America, that this is the capital of college football and we can hopefully after that take it to the next level. Yeah, it's good to have it back, and I mean the it's all it's always been um great crack to have the college games here, and they have a long history, and uh, the team seem to enjoy coming over. Uh, it's been an interesting couple of weeks, obviously, in terms of the Manti Teo uh, kind of um, documentary on uh, Netflix. If people haven't seen it, it's um real insight into his story, but his senior year which truly was exceptional um you know began in in dublin uh in that in that game and uh harrison butker has obviously been over as well so uh, in a few years we could well be talking about uh some of the guys who are superstars in the nfl and uh you know asking them questions maybe in the lead up to the super bowl about how they enjoyed uh their time in in dublin I think Northwestern seem to have really kind of um, embraced uh, it, and I know that they've built in time after the game uh, so that they the team have time on Sunday to really actually get time to spend because uh, obviously this week is going to be busy in terms of the build-up and trainings and media equipments and all that sort of stuff. I'm really excited about getting to see the, the game in person. Um, again, I think... Um, you know, I, look, Croke Park is amazing. Love, love, love going to Croker. Um, you know, particularly, um, you know, to just everything about the history. Um, and Croke Park is, you know, one of the best stadiums in Europe, suited though to hurling and football rather than American football. I think the Viva uh, is much better suited to to the game it's a bit like the the Spurs stadium Wembley's great can't wait to go to Wembley but the reality is Spurs stadium makes much more sense for American football it's the same with the Aviva should be great atmosphere there on on Saturday and both sides who really really need a win to start their seasons yeah that's the word that's the narrative now I'm, I'm at, like we've spoken about this game for so long now it's never actually talking about the game itself and that's why I'm looking forward to the show certainly more and we have some good guests which I believe we're going to announce tomorrow and We'll probably get more into the detail of the game itself on the weekend. And I would say Nebraska need a win very quickly this season. Uh, three and nine last year, Coach Frost is under pressure, you know, from what you read in the reports. And they've got a, a tough, tough schedule ahead of them. So um, it makes for a good game. And Northwestern, as you said, have embraced it. And a lot of people are saying they can flip their season around from last year's poor season. So it makes for a great game. Um, and we're all looking forward to because as we've said it's really the start for us as a as a brand new season and what's the appetite for what's ahead of us over the next three to four months yeah i was i was fortunate enough to i was fortunate enough to be on the field earlier on and lads genuinely i think it hit me then and it's almost like you know football's back but to see it in your own backyard in in your country i think it means a lot more and we'll talk about this on saturday morning a bit more and uh, know we're going to have a number of different guests and, you know, I guess we'll announce one of them now, Sean Callahan, who is uh, the main analyst, the main beat writer for 
the Nebraska Huskers is going to come on. He's going to talk not just about his love and affinity and covering for the Huskers. He's also going to talk some Chiefs. And, of course, that point in Harrison Butker as well. You know, it's a real pinpoint for some players. But for other players that maybe don't make it to the league, for a lot of players, this is maybe the highlight of their college career. And you could see that this morning with a lot of them. And uh, yeah, I, I loved it. I really, really enjoyed it this morning. Um, and I, I really have to give props to, to to Northwestern and also Nebraska as well. Looking forward to Saturday, 10 a.m. It's uh, going to be a great, great broadcast. Really looking forward to it. And our thanks to the Erlingus College Football Classic, to the whole team involved there. I got to meet a few of them today for the first time. Uh, big thanks for the support in our broadcast over the last 18 to 24 months. I know it's been a four to five year exercise for them, Colin. And uh, it's 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 a big moment this weekend for us. And please, God, may that work in the bigger things. Never mind college football, but the NFL in the future. Uh, you have the winner of our game pass for this week. Yes, uh, indeed. And just again to to mention, I suppose to to people that Game Pass, that there are two options currently. Um, there is the free option and the the paid option. So a lot of people out there are obviously gonna you know be annual subscribers and and gonna have it already. But if you are new to it, um, or if you don't have Game Pass, you can test the the waters with a, a free registration. All you need to do, literally, is sign up with an email. Would definitely encourage people to to check that out but the winner of the game pass uh for the season and this is one of uh quite a few of these that we will be giving out over uh the next couple of weeks as we build up to the new season but tonight's winner is keelan small uh, so congratulations to Keelan and we will be in touch with you to pass on the, the details and uh, keep an eye on our various social media channels for all of uh, the details on upcoming competitions. Can I have like a 30 second question here, right? So you say Keelan, right? In Tyrone it's Keelan, in our mind it's Quaylan. You're saying Keelan. This is the this is a real funny thing about this island because like genuinely like uh, lads seriously Keelan it's it's Keelan but well done to you mate and uh, it's it's gonna be a big season for you that's three people we so we, far clear, we clearly butchered his, his name but congratulations did, uh, did, to did, you on winning the competition we did butcher Colin it's Keelan you didn't it's butcher Keelan. it it's just funny that in different areas you know like we have different names. Like I'll talk about it off camera, but yes, that's that, that's the way of it. Um, that's it. Yeah, that's it for that's, that's it. it for now. We're, we're back at ten o'clock on Saturday. We have got a divisional preview tomorrow night at nine o'clock on YouTube. The podcast drops at six o one a.m. If you're up getting your breakfast tomorrow morning, you've got a podcast to listen to. Mark Cockrell is on it as well. Big shout out to Mark for his good internet and it didn't take four days to edit it at all. But great to have Mark back. Uh, very, very quickly on the questions and comments because we do have... We've got nine comments. No, we don't. Fred Flunk no, says, great show, lads. Declan Moore. Thanks, Ian, Fred. Ian Rappaport saying, oh, Jari, I should be fine uh, after an MRI tonight. How many sacks will him and Fibbido record if fit this season? Under 0.5, Brian. Yeah? I'm um, joking. <laughs> Well, I'm going to answer. Well, you're delighted. You got eight and a half go last for, year. Go, go for it. Yeah, you got eight and a half last year. He set the franchise record last year. So, three to two. Do you know how many Thibodeau got in college last year in like 12 games? Uh, nine and a half, I think. 
I would so minimum six point five. Well, Thibodeau's breaking the rookie record of fourteen and a half. That's a given. Um, so I'd say between them probably about twenty one, twenty two. No, I'd say about. I'm going to go around sixteen. Roy Keane's Roy number. Um, uh, rookie of the year, then yeah. Uh, we've got a few. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six comments from NFLHDR.com for spamming. Thank you so much for spamming our live stream. It gives us more views and helps our algorithm. So thank you very much. Uh, we also got Fred saying, "Peace out, fellas," and Andy saying. Well done, Karen. I think he's talking about thanks, Colin. Or thanks, Fred. Peace be with you. I hope you enjoyed Monday night. Thanks very much. And and, and good luck to the guys. Um, okay, let's let's end. <laughs> let's say we will announce tomorrow. We have a few really great guests joining us on our uh, live broadcast from the Aviva, uh, ten a.m. on Saturday. Announcement tomorrow. Keep an eye on that. Some. Um, you know, guys who played college uh, football and in the NFL as well. And not just that, we're back at 10 a.m. on Saturday, as Colm said, as we have the divisional previews tomorrow night, but we also, lads, have a, a big giveaway on Saturday, thanks to EA Sports Madden NFL. It's on Saturday morning, we're giving away uh, some trust goodies, apparently, a, a copy of EA Sports Madden NFL and... NFL Game Pass for the year if you retweet on Twitter or share or comment on our YouTube video of our live show from the Aviva. And I know Brian is going to sit after the show on the Aviva and edit all the podcasts to have it up by 2 o'clock before kickoff. But for now, uh, I cannot think of any other way to end tonight's show than this. We are two days away from, quite frankly, a massive day, uh, probably the most substantial day of the history of the sport on this island in 10 years and we'll see everybody on saturday if you do see us on saturday give us a shout column only charges three euro for autographs brian charges is it 15 brian you're charging at the minute there's there's no change for 20s no no i'm joking i'm only messing here if you do see us on saturday folks give us a shout love the chat he's got to chat to some people today as well and uh, really appreciate your support see you on saturday see you at 10 o'clock live 